I've gone on many road trips in my life and I've played the alphabet game one too many times. Actually, you can't play that game too many times. Anyways, playing this game means I have to look at a lot of road signs, trying not to get car sick while staring out the window for an hour. Among the many unique billboards and signs that I've seen throughout my travels, one thing that stays the same across the US is adopt the highway signs. For the longest time, I didn't know what adopt the highway was, but when I looked it up, it said that adopting a highway was a volunteer program that helps make the highways look clean. It made me start thinking about highways that I usually drive on and I realized that, I always, that they always look fairly clean and how people take time out of their lives to help the community by cleaning the highways without anyone noticing. These volunteer groups are doing the most for their communities without being recognized by the thousands of people that drive on those highways each day. So next time I'm on a road trip, I'll be more appreciative of the volunteer groups that help clean up the highways that I'm traveling on while playing the alphabet game. I'm Max, and I like running, physics, and horror movies. I'm Cam, and I like running, video games, and anime. I'm Audrey, and I like reading, coffee, and the mountains. Welcome to Modern Story Podcast, episode number 10. Today we're telling stories about running into trouble, whether that's metaphorically or realistically. Dude, that was a good opening story. I like that. That was good writing. Thank you. Thank you. That was phenomenal. I never actually thought about how many people, like, actually, like, it takes to, like, keep the highway clean. Because, like, mm-hmm. you be seeing people throw stuff out, like, other cars mm-hmm. all the time. You see, like, the random, like, huge semi-truck, like, tired. Yeah. Like, whatever it's called, the tread on it, like, in the middle of the road. Like, shout out to those homies. Yeah. And you, like, never see them cleaning it up, too. So I'm like, no. when do you guys clean yeah, it up? That's the Houdini, big question. Man. I know. For sure. I really like the fact that you just thought of that people were doing those without getting recognized. And you yeah. recognized them, which most people mm-hmm. didn't, which is really awesome. Mm. Snaps to that, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get started with Max and his story called Keeping Up With The Drunks. I gagged as the naked man in only socks was launched from the open door of the bar with unidentifiable fluid scattered about his chest. Most of of his upper body was covered in what looked like a mixture of blood, barf, and chunky minestrone soup. Get out of my bar. The black-suited owner of the bar ran outside after the man. Don't ever show your face around here again. Everyone along and across the dirty, cracked, busy road of New Orleans looked around to see where the shouting was coming from. From the many tourists like myself to the unwashed street vendors from around the block, everyone watched as the bar owner as he berated the man. Come quickly, follow me, my mom said as she grabbed my hand and dragged me down a perpendicular street. My mom and I walked at a fast pace to get as far away as we could from the busy street. Brightly dressed mobs of people flooded the busy New Orleans street. They hung out the windows of the bright buildings as they sang, shouted, and danced about. I felt as though everyone was in my personal bubble. We had traveled out of state before, but New Orleans was far different than any place in Minnesota. The streets in Minneapolis could get just as busy. However, my mom decided to bring me here to learn about people that are different from us. I really couldn't tell you what her job was but I knew that she worked with many diverse people that often struggled with many different problems. I assume that's why we were here. We really hadn't spoken much or even been in the same room as one another by that point. At the time, I blamed her for our disconnect, but in hindsight, it was just my middle school hormones and stress acting up. We walked down the road and passed some police officers gripping the shirts of some young teens. My mom urged me not to look. After we arrived at a friendlier suburb, my mom said, Max, can you come here for a second? While I can't remember what exactly she said in that two-hour-long conversation, 
She discussed her job and how she saw substance abuse, homelessness, and civil rights violations on a daily basis. While that day and conversation was uncomfortable, I finally had a taste of the lives of less fortunate people than myself and of my mom's separate life. This is a story about the day that revitalized my relationship with my mom while simultaneously showing me the underside of American liberty. Great story. That was good stuff. Yeah. What what does your mom do? Um, She is a human services administrator. Mm -hmm. I'm still not entirely sure what that (laughs) means, but she does kind of everything. She oversees like healthcare and, you know, corrections agents, a lot of law enforcement stuff. Okay. Some heavy stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the, that's not everybody's first choice when it comes to to a career. So is this your first interaction with a drunk person before since, weren't you like, you were 12, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that that totally was, it definitely stuck in my mind. That's why I think that (laughs) was probably the first time and nothing really I can remember really stuck out like that experience. So, um, I think so. Yeah. What was going through your mind at that time? Like, who is this dude? Like, what is he up to right now? I'm thinking that at that age, I was just so confused and it just all happened at once. I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) It it scared me at the time. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty young and that's, I didn't even know what I was looking at at that time, but <laughs> it was definitely an uncomfortable feeling. Dang, you just, in the bars in New Orleans at Absolutely. 12, he's kicking it. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Here's Cam and his story called Cinderella Story. <coughs> Sitting on the couch with my friends in between cl- In between classes at Des Moines Christian School was a normal thing for me, but today was a bit different. Two weeks before my senior soccer season, I decided I wanted to do both track and soccer, which unfortunately was going to cause a problem because schedules overlapped. I'd never run track. I just simply wanted to get in shape so I could be ahead for soccer season. I sent my coach a detailed plan about how I was going to go between practices and games and how I was going to be able to make enough so that I could still make a varsity letter. No way I get denied, I told all my friends. I won't have to miss any games, and I will have three to five of the practices for soccer a week. They all agreed that my plan was good, and we were confident that there would be no reason my coach would ever turn me down. It had been two weeks since I had sent the email, and I had no response. I was nervous because the first soccer meeting was, unfortunately, in 30 minutes. My anxious thoughts were quieted by the office door opening and the soccer coach walking out. Hey, coach, I said, inquiring that there was something unspoken that should be talked about. He looked at me and everything got quiet. I understand you want to do both sports, but if you do, I'm not giving you the playing time you want. See you at the meeting. And he walked away. So if anybody knows me, I'm pretty good at deserting all of my responsibilities when I'm in a bad enough mood or (laughs) just don't really feel like doing something. So I grabbed all my stuff and I, I left school and there were still like three hours left to school. And I drove home and I called my track coach on the phone and I said, hey, uh, I've decided I'm going to join the track team. Like, I'm quitting soccer. And uh, I never told my soccer coach, and they actually found out on the first day of practice when they saw me doing the track workout. And the soccer coach walked up to me during practice and said, like, is this your decision? You've been on this team for three years. Do you want to just throw all that away? And I looked him in the eyes, and I smiled, and I said, yes, this is the best decision. And he shook his head and walked away. And despite the disapproval from coaches and all the kids on the soccer team who were my peers and I'd been with for the last, like, five years, I decided I had to follow through. 
My priorities had shifted and all I wanted to do now was basically just prove all of them wrong. And for the next three months, I worked to the bone day after day, race after race. It became my entire life and the reason that I got up in the morning and made sure to stay doing good in my classes. All of the hard work brought me three school records, a state appearance, and even led me to Bethel where I am now. And a lot of the lessons and relationships that I made along the way were ones that I kept and still talk to today. Good story. You bossed that. Thank you. I feel like that I, I could never do that where I would just be like, sorry, coach. To like your soccer coach be like, sorry, dog. Like I'm, d- I'm doing track now. Like, I could never like. Yeah, I hadn't planned. That. I hadn't planned on doing it like that. I'd planned on telling him, but when like, he just kind of like disregarded me. I was just like, you know, it, maybe this isn't the dude yeah. that should be coaching me. So exactly, I, exactly. I had to slide. I couldn't really believe that he was just like that disrespectful to you. Like, yeah, you know, after you'd already been on the team for a while, and mm-hmm. he was our bio teacher as well. Oh, wow. So I, I had actually spent an entire semester like in his actual classroom, like day in and day out. And I'm like, Dang. this dude still like couldn't give me the time of day. But after Dang. that conversation, was it easy for you to make the decision? Oh, to instant. It was, mm-hmm. it was instant. I was like, yeah, I'm done. And I, yeah, it was that day. I was just like, yep, I'm done. So. Are you like did were you still friends with the soccer guys after that or um, not really? No, not really. A lot of them <laughs> wouldn't talk to me. Um when I made state, like a lot of them were like some of like my best friends too mm-hmm. and like none of them showed up. Really? Like, yeah, we had like Dang. it wasn't until like middle of that summer going into freshman year of college that like I actually started talking to some of them again mm-hmm. cuz like they were so mad I'd quit. Especially <laughs> in the way I did. The way I did it wasn't good, but was the decision worth it then? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if you literally went to state, I'd say yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, now I'm running under Coach Rock, and everybody knows how mm-hmm. profound he is in the world of track. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I won, man. Yeah, I, you did. There were no L's there. No L's. No L's. Straight dubs. That's what I'm saying. Uh, let's see. Um, and then, Audrey, it's your turn now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. This is Audrey and her story called Granny Got Me Fired. Getting fired was the last thing I expected walking into the Joanne Fabrics in Coon Rapids for my afternoon shift on that dreary May afternoon. You're probably wondering how I got fired from a fabric store, and to this day I'm still wondering that myself. Let's start off by the dreaded day the incident happened. I'm not even sure if you can really call this an incident though. Two weeks earlier I was at the customer service register mundaneingly clearancing off some iron-on patches while I waited for any customer to come up and pay for their items. As I was starting to fall into the trance of the click of the clearance gun, a mid-height elderly woman in a patterned skirt and gray t-shirt walked out of the store with her biggest cart overfilled with all of the Legos from our store. It takes me a minute to process what I just witnessed until I'm then talking into my earpiece. Ashley, did you ring up an older lady with a cart full of Legos? She just walked out of the store with them. No, I didn't. Why? Some lady just stole all of our Legos. By the time my manager Ashley and I exchanged words, I looked out the picture window at the parking lot and the lady was getting help putting the Legos into her car from a middle-aged man with dark hair and dark clothes. After they finished loading the stolen goods into their black Chevy Malibu, they started driving off. Then my adrenaline kicked in as I found my feet moving to the sliding door to exit the building. I thought to myself, if I can get a picture of their license plate, we can catch them and then turn them in and get our Legos back. 
So I grabbed my phone from the front pocket of my green work apron and fumbled to take a picture of the plate. So I was um, fumbling my phone and the clearance gun that was still inconveniently in my hand. I snapped the picture and headed back through the green sliding doors. My manager, Ashley, was then at the front of the store waiting for me to come back in and said, Audrey, you are not supposed to leave the store. It's against store policy. You learned that in the training videos you watched that you can't leave the store if a criminal steals something because they can sue our company. I have to tell corporate now. I didn't know that fateful minute I stepped out of the store was going to end up with the words, I'm sorry, but you're terminated, ringing in my ears in the back office from the manager at the Shoreview location as Ashley, my manager, had tears rolling down her face. That's crazy. A Joanne. Uh, of all the places <laughs> that you could get terminated for doing the right thing, I would never think it would be there. Yeah, Joanne how, Fabrics. How long did you work there? Uh, almost a year. Oh, dang, so you were attached to the place. It was a normal routine. Yeah, I was I was there all the time, oh. picking up ships, shifts left and right. Jeez. Yep, it was crazy. It's especially crazy that you got fired for especially trying to help. You're mm-hmm. looking out for them. Um, at the end of the story, you mentioned that they could sue, that the criminal could sue the company if yeah. you left the store after them. Do you know why that was? Um, because if the criminal like got hurt, like under like like by one of the employees, then like they could sue the company. But like the thing that just really was like weird to me was that like when they they were like driving off already like across the parking lot when I walked outside. So I'm like this lady is not gonna like harm me so like it's like i'm not in, i know i'm not in danger and i know that they're not in danger but like the fact that it was just like me walking out of the store getting me fight was like the reason i got fired is just kind of like well no, for sure what for sure. yeah dude that's that's a while i've never been fired but like so did you get a picture of the car like did you yeah i literally got the license plate and i literally went on my 15 minute break i went onto like the website where you can look up license plates and i found like the license plate and like it was under a real person's name like i had to like pay to find more information at that time you're invested you have to i know so so like did you send the picture to like your manager or like once you got fired you were just like no i over it i I wrote the number because like i had written out like a description of the lady and like the guy in the car and then i just wrote like the license plate on the description that i was writing okay it was like was it like a police report or just like stuff you no, jotted down before was, you like got terminated <laughs> yeah it was just stuff i jotted down but i don't think they really did anything with that fair enough fair enough a well, good story that's good stuff all right so what have we learned today uh we've learned that our parents can work hard jobs Mm -hmm. It can cause them to have stressful lives. We have learned that sometimes going with your gut, even when you're angry, can sometimes be a benefit. And we've learned not to leave the store, because leaving the store gets you terminated. It does indeed. Yes. Good stuff. Um... We want to thank some people for helping us out on this Modern Story podcast at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thank you to Professor Chris Schaffner and his teaching assistants for maintaining the podcast studio and giving us access to it. Thanks to the writers such as Aaron Barker and Dr. Seuss who inspired our stories, and we should thank each other for our edits. This was the final episode of Modern Story Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed our stories and listened to the other ones. If you haven't, make sure you listen to those as well. And lastly, go tell your mother, nail lady, your butcher, your grandma, you can tell your pet fish, your dog, uh, your neighbor's dog, your girlfriend's 
dog's son's dog. <laughs> your Bethel crush. You could tell your Bethel crush. You could even tell the, the grass on the front lawn, honestly. The mailroom people, they always need a laugh. You, you see them in there kind of, you know, struggling to get all the mail and whatnot. So you can <laughs> tell them, too. So.